in Turkey, as in other countries, the big, famous sites are found mostly in the big cities, like Istanbul. And you should visit those cities and check out those sites. But I've found that if you want to really experience the heart and soul of a country, you need to get out into the countryside as well, where things change more slowly and where tourists are all the more welcome, in part because they're so rare. Turkish tour guide Lali Sermon lives in the hectic metropolis of Istanbul, but she also enjoys spending time in village Turkey. That's where life moves at a very different pace. Lolly's here now to give us some tips on how we can do the same. Lolly, thanks for joining us. Hello. Thank you, Rick. I remember a long time ago traveling through Turkey, and the highlights for me were, were getting to little towns where when I got off of the bus, everybody in the bus said, no, 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 don't get off here. Nobody gets off here. And I wanted to get off there, and I wanted to see the little village. I remember the industry. I, I used to nickname it hay, dung, and ducks. All of the industry seemed like hay that was being gathered, dung, dried cow pies, really, for fuel, and ducks running around. Is there still a chance to get into very rural, very simple village life in Turkey today? Of course, things are changing everywhere, such as in Turkey, too. At the moment, 70% of Turkish population are urban dwellers. But it doesn't mean that we don't have little wonderful villages here and there still carrying on their traditional lifestyles and traditional daily life. And yes, there are places like that you can go out. There are obviously off the beaten path, not places that regular tours would be going. You have to do a little research before, ahead of time. But these poor villagers likely do not have a car and they use public transportation, so small buses would go to these towns from medium-sized cities? Yes. Dolmuşuz operate. Dolmuşuz. Dolmuşuz. And what is a dolmuş? Dolmuş is a morph between a taxi and a shared bus. So it would be a minibus that goes generally to a village and yes. it'll stop and go where people like it to stop and go. Yes, and they usually operate from the Otogar bus terminal of the nearest bigger town. Okay, so you're in a, you're in a regional capital, you know, a small city, 20, 30, 40,000 people. There would be the Otogar, the bus station. you got the big buses going to Ankara and Istanbul. And the minibuses to the villages. I gotcha. Okay, now why would a tourist want to go to the trouble of going to a village? What are some of the rewards of getting into a village that has absolutely no tourist industry? They are great. To start with, you will get to see the real people in their daily routine. And while they appreciate seeing visitors, their livelihood is not the visitors, so they treat the visitors as a personal visitor coming in not a tourist that's planning to spend on money. Is that part of the culture? What, what is the traditional Turkish or, or Muslim uh, approach to a visitor walking into your village? We say guests are sent from God. Is that right? Yes. Wow. Say that in, in Turkish. Allah misafire. So this person who stumbles into our village is really sent by God. So yes. take good care of him. Yes, exactly. So what is a fun thing to do in a village? Take just your image. You're, you're with me in a little village. What would we do as just, because there's no museum and there's, there's no great palace to see. What would we do to have some fun and make some memories? I would first recommend that you take a walk around the village to get an idea of the size of it and the people in it. And yes, there won't be an attraction in the village such as a museum or a site, but the attraction will be you, an American, walking through the streets of the village. And what would I say? So, I, I mean, people are going to be staring at me. I might be kind of uh, say self-conscious. Say hello in Turkish, merhaba. Just smile and, and nod and say merhaba. Yes, be down to earth and uh, be nice. And people are very welcoming and hospitable. If they see you, that you have a smiling face, and if you want to reach out to them, they'll reach back out to you. Just take a little walk in the village 
and then go to the village center. In the village center, in every village center, there would be a grocery, there would be a pharmacy, there would be the uh, town hall, the local town hall, and the coffee shop. And what would I do in the coffee shop? There's that's, a good chance. That's where people hang out, mm-hmm. especially after a long day at the field in their gardens. Go in there, just check in, order a Turkish tea, such as everyone else is doing. It's the ritual. The tea will be served to you in a tulip-shaped glass cup and start staring at people, and they'll be staring back at you too. And if you see any playing a backgammon game or a tile game, show some interest, and then they'll invite you. They will. They'll just, then, it's automatic almost. They will invite automa- you to join the party. Yes, and it's automatic from there on. How do you say uh, backgammon in Turkish? Tavla. Tavla. So if I looked at a, a friendly um, a man who was staring at me and, and curious, and I said, merhaba, and then I said, tavla, would he might get aboard and play me yes, tavla? <laughs> immediately. Is that immediately. right? Immediately. Uh-huh. But you need to uh, remember the trick. Whoever loses buys the tea. Okay. And a tea, a cup of tea probably cost in American how much? In in such a small village, 50 cents. 50 cents. So mm-hmm. you got to be able to buy everybody a cup of tea and you'll have a memory for the rest of yes, your life. Yes, exactly. This is Travel with Rick Steves, and each week on Travel with Rick Steves, we help you explore the world thoughtfully and get an idea of the fascinating people we can all get to know. Joining us right now is Lali Sermon Aran from Istanbul, and we're talking about getting into village life in Turkey. Our phone number is 877-333-7425, and you can email us at radio at ricksteves.com. Mike's calling in from Ann Arbor, Michigan. Mike, thanks for your call. Hi. Hey, do you have a comment or a question for Lali about village life in Turkey? About four years ago, I traveled to Istanbul and Ankara and Ephesus, and uh, it was a life-changing thing for me. Everyone was very friendly. Um, my background is that I'm Armenian, and my parents were born in Ankara and in Van, and I was very nervous about my first trip and found the Turkish people to be very warm and friendly. And I was just wondering, uh, I'd really love to visit the eastern side of Turkey. Is there an issue uh, with me being Armenian? Well, of course, uh, for our listeners that that might not be aware of this, the the Armenians and the Turks had a very difficult uh, period in their history 100 years ago, and a lot of people are still angry on both sides about this problem. uh, You know, people use the word genocide and so on. It's a horrific thing any way you spin it. And then Armenians uh, have a heritage, and they want to go back. And there's a lot of Armenian Turks that are uh, woven into the the contemporary uh, society today in Turkey. And there's a lot of people that still have a problem. Lolly, for an Armenian-American to go back to Turkey, what concerns should they have? As a matter of fact, none. Mike, I am partly an Armenian, too. That's my heritage. Uh-huh. And uh, I'm not the only one, obviously, in Turkey yeah. to have an Armenian heritage. There are hundreds of thousands of people like I am. And events that occurred during the World War One or afterwards are obviously very sad, very tragic events. But those of us in Turkey, we moved on, and we accepted the events as they were. And um, as long as you do, not, you do not carry a political statement with you, mm-hmm. you, will, yeah, be just, you will be just yeah. any visitor in Turkey. Okay. And I have helped, over the years, I have helped many American-Armenians to travel to Turkey and find their family lineage I help them find their family homes and help them travel oh. to 
little Mike, nooks Mike. and crannies in Turkey, and they they all returned back from Turkey with wonderful memories. And there are beautiful and evocative Armenian sites in eastern Turkey. Yes, there are. And uh, mm-hmm. I think uh, most of the Armenian culture, and, and uh, well, today there's a country called Armenia, which yes. is, mm-hmm. is over the border. Is the border open between Armenia and Turkey? No, it's not. So you can't get back and forth. And sadly, a lot of these Armenian sites today feel like ghost towns, and, and they're, they're Some the of them are of them. Re- recently restored, Rick, especially, okay. yes. A very important church in Lake Van has been recently restored. Oh, that's beautiful. But the, yes, but, the, but, beautiful. The, but the living culture is in Armenia north of the border, really, and these are yes. historic sites. Yes. And, and I just think, you know, I respect an Armenian who has, wouldn't even want to go to Turkey. I mean, that's up to them. But if you are an Armenian that wants to go back to Turkey, and as Lolly said, if you don't have a political axe to grind, you will find a, a warm welcome and absolutely no danger or concern about traveling through Turkey. Well, well I found Istanbul to be really quite wonderful, and That's everybody great. was very, very friendly. That's and most of the Armenian I know is actually Turkish, so... <laughs> uh, good. Hey, well, Mike, have a, I, I'll tell you, I have some of my very favorite travel memories anywhere are in uh, eastern Turkey looking at those Armenian sites. So good luck. I would recommend f- for you to go for All it. right. Well, I'm looking forward to trying it. Thanks for your call, Mike. Uh-huh. Bye. Bye. And Gloria's emailed us from Bethel Park in Pennsylvania, and, and Gloria writes, I'd like information on a one-day cooking class in a Turkish village. Also, what are some of the most charming villages? Well, if you wanted to learn how to cook, would you take a class or would you just meet a, a woman in a household? In Istanbul, there is a small group of housewives who can speak English and teach what they are cooking. And uh, what they do is that they usually meet with their guests in or around the spice market. So they start the day with shopping different so spices. So cooking in, tours in Istanbul then? I wouldn't call them tours. They are done on private basis. Okay, so you, you, you hire the, the local cooking mm. guide. Yes. They take you to the market shopping and then? They teach you about the ingredients, the main ingredients, the side ingredients. You shop for what you will cook for the day. And then you move on to the house together using public transportation. Now and with, that, with what you have in your shopping bag, you cook the meal and then you eat the meal. That sounds great in Istanbul. If we're in the far corner of Turkey where people are not likely to speak English and you're in a village with a thriving market... You might have a challenge, but you could still witness how people are shopping and and how they're eating. What would be some advice for somebody who likes Turkish food and they're in a village? How might you learn about the cuisine or even uh, get a chance to do some cooking? It needs to be a little bit more organized with more people involved, at least somebody to translate. Yeah. Because majority of the village women wouldn't yeah. be talking English. So realistically, you'd need to hire a, a, a yes. guide, a, yes. a, a, an English-speaking guide from yes. a big city. And there's lots of good Turkish guides yes. looking for work, mm-hmm. and they could take you out into the villages. And I can think of, uh, if you like to cook and if you like Turkish food, boy, to, to hire a guide for just a day in a big city and go out into the countryside, into a village, and see the market and uh, meet people and the way Turkish hospitality is, it's not that tough to get invited into people's homes. No, that's very easy. We so, like guests very much. We're learning how to make new friends in the Turkish countryside now on Travel with Rick Steves with Lolly Sermon Iran. Our phone number is 877-333-7425. And Sally's on the line right now from Lavelle in Pennsylvania. Thank you, Rick. I'm a single woman traveler, and I really love traveling solo. I've wanted to go to Turkey for some years now, and... Recently, uh, an opportunity came to visit in or travel in the eastern Turkey area of small remote villages. You know, some may not have even seen many or any tourists. And I was wondering, I tend to be very open-hearted and 
smile on my face, and I tend to draw a lot of um, warmth from local populations when I travel. So uh, I have several questions. One is, how would that be for me traveling as a solo woman in a remote village in eastern Turkey? Talking of different parts of Turkey, the information I can give you are different. If we're specifically talking about eastern Turkey, that's one part of the country where you would not see many single women traveling alone. And it might be misunderstood. People, and it might be misunderstood. In other and, words, it would be not wise for a single woman to travel alone in eastern Turkey, especially not speaking the language. Yes, and you will attract too much attention, too much curiosity, and it might be uncomforting to a level. Now, I've traveled with women in eastern Turkey in the most remote corners, and it was a beautiful partnership, a man and a woman traveling together. You know, mm-hmm. the, the woman attracts a lot, a lot more fun and attention than the guy will sometimes, and together it can be safe and it becomes quite a festival. People would invite him into, the, into their homes and, and we'd have all sorts of uh, chances to hop on ox carts and go for little rides and play games with the kids and slice up a, water, uh, a honeydew melon and there's so much fun you can have. But a woman alone, I think, is a little risky. And is that the case throughout Turkey or where would you feel safe, if anywhere, as a woman alone? Except for eastern and southeastern Turkey, I would save everywhere else as a single woman. You're okay. Yes. And now, do you de- define eastern Turkey as east of Ankara? East of Cappadocia. Okay. Because there's a lot of tourists as far as Cappadocia, relatively yes. speaking. But when mm-hmm. you get farther east than Cappadocia, then you become an adventurer. There's really not so mm-hmm. much organized tourism be- beyond a few uh, adventurous tour buses. I had encountered an opportunity to house care for someone in a remote village that direction. And so I just was a little curious. And whether what's that... the village? Oh, I have to look it up. It was about two hours almost directly east of Ankara and north of Cappadocia. Sally, it is exciting to think that uh, you could get into these villages, but it's, it's just a lot more comfortable if you have a guide or a man with you. And the other thing was, I'm wondering with Syria positioned as it is, and Turkey being uh, on the way from the Middle East to Syria, does that raise any concerns at this point in time for traveling in Turkey at large? No, not at all. Syria is a different country. Yeah, the, the distances are huge there. I think Turkey is the size of California, and there's oftentimes uh, disturbances over the border in, in a number of different directions. And you wouldn't want to wander off in areas near borders. I've been traveling, filming uh, near borders and in contested areas, and we get stopped a lot by military police, and they wonder what the heck we're doing there. But uh, if you're just roaming around the countryside as a normal tourist, you should be fine. But steer clear of the borders if there's something going on on the other side. But the Syrian conflict really should have no impact on what's going on for travelers in Turkey. So, Sally, thanks for your call. Thank you. Yep. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We've been joined by Lolly Sermon Aran. We're talking about the traveler venturing into Turkish villages. Lala, let's cap our conversation with just some advice from you on on what might be sort of the, the perfect opportunity in a village. What, what would make the village experience just really, really uh, memorable? Social interaction, especially in the religious and national holidays. People don't even close their doors. It's the time to visit one another. There's always food wherever you go. You visit one house, and then you visit the next house, and then you visit the other house. And meanwhile, everyone else is also visiting one another. There's always a commotion at every house, people coming in and going out. You get to see the people that you have not for a while seen. 
talk about everything. It's when men, women, and children, everybody participates in this. They are usually in their best attire. Gifts are given. Uh, desserts are offered. Tea is offered. And that's the time I love to be in a village. It's and if there's a thousand Turks during a special festivity day in a village and there's two Americans strolling down the main street... Just knock on the doors and keep visiting homes. <laughs> you're just the celebrity in the town and you're more than welcome. And as a matter of fact, there won't be even need to knock on the doors because most doors will be open for visitors to walk in and out casually. Sounds like very good travel. Lali Sermon thanks so much for a peek into your beautiful country. Thank you. Rick Steves has spent a third of his adult life in Europe researching and writing guidebooks. His classic, Europe Through the Back Door, teaches the skills of smart travel. At Rick Steves' online travel store, you'll also find guidebooks for Istanbul, Athens, and every other corner of Europe. To learn more about Rick's books, visit the travel store at ricksteves.com. <laughs>